Welcome to the Poetic Resurrection Podcast, where we explore perceptions. How self-reflecting questions can give you a better understanding of self. I'm your host, Sonia Iris Lozada. Stay tuned. Corinne LaFont is a PR practitioner, speaker, podcaster, author, and business coach. She's an island girl to the core and resides in her home country of Trinidad and Tobago after living in Jamaica for 21 years. She loves dancing, Latin and ballroom, and believes in living life in its full glory. This week we have Corinne LaFong. She's a journalist and podcaster, and we're going to discuss relationships. Hello, Corinne. Thank you so much for being here. Hi. Not a problem, Sonia. It's an honor to be here. Thank you so much. Yes. <laughs> You're welcome. And you live in Trinidad. I am. I am. For now, yes. yes. I don't know where I will be tomorrow, but right now I'm in Trinidad. <laughs> yes. We're going to discuss the relationships between self, partner, and family, which covers a big, huge spectrum. Let's discuss the relationship with self. It's been a journey. At one point, I, I would have never thought that the relationship I had myself was a self-hate one. And hate might sound like a very strong word, but because I've been through that, I can tell and see now that other persons do actually go through a journey of self-hate without being conscious about it. Because who would want to hate themselves, really? nobody wakes up every day to really say, I hate myself, I hate myself. Although there may be some people who do it, but I don't think the, the regular everyday person, I don't know, would not do such a thing, the persons who consider themselves healthy. But how I recognize that I went through self-hate was when I found myself in a very toxic relationship, which lasted 27 years. And wow. as I talk about it, I don't want you to get the impression, you and your listeners, to get the impression that it's just one toxic relationship I've been in. <laughs> that is just the one that lasted the longest. Persons who, like me, get into toxic relationship is not once. But at the time, like I said, you, you're not aware, you're not conscious of what you're doing, what you're going through. But once you become awake and uh, aware and conscious, you realize, hold on. These signs, these feelings, these emotions, I have gone through before. And I recognize the pattern of several times. It was after that 27-year relationship, I realized that it was toxic. And I realized that I was going through self-hate. I hated myself. I didn't love myself. Let me put it that way. I didn't love myself because if someone loves themselves and have a healthy self-worth, they would not be in a situation like that. That is just, there's no other way to, to sugarcoat it. And I don't sugarcoat. I'm telling persons what it is. A healthy person would not find themselves in that situation. They would recognize, I need to get out. And it's not that they may not have found themselves, that a healthy person would not find themselves in a situation, like that, but they would pick up on the signs sooner and get out sooner. So while I lasted 27, and believe me, there are persons who are still in it, 30, 40, 50, 60 years, 
So 27 might seem long to somebody listening, and it is, but there are persons who are still in it 30, 40, 50 years. I got out, I made the decision that I asked one question. I asked myself one question, and I want anybody listening to this to ask themselves the same question. It just takes one question for you to know if to stay or if to leave, just one. No overthinking or overanalyzing, just one question. And that one question is, depending on how long you are in the relationship, it could be five, it could be 10, it could be 30, it could be like for me, 27. It could be six months, it could be a month. Whatever time it is, you ask yourself, I'm in this for X amount of time. Do I want to stay in this for another X amount of time? Let me replace the X in my situation. I've been okay. in this for 27 years. Do I want to stay another 27? And I did a little bit of the maths. I'm not too good with it, but just a little bit of the maths. And I'm like, hell no, that ain't going to work. <laughs> I've been in it for 27. <laughs> when did you start asking yourself these questions before you left the relationship? Yeah, there is a point before you, it's a journey, like I tell you, it's phases. You start seeing certain things, becoming aware and then you start thinking, no, I can't leave. No, you look at your situation, circumstances. You find that you're not, at the time I wasn't working. So you're looking at dependency. Yeah. Although I wasn't totally, totally dependent, but you're like, where am I gonna go? What am I gonna do? You have children in the union. You don't have enough money to really go out on your own and live and take care of the kids. You know, you start to think all of that, your mind sort of think. But it's one question. So it's not like how you said a while ago, questions. It's one question. I have been in this for 27 years. Do I want to stay another 27? One question. <laughs> just one. Yeah. And my answer was, hell. You have to stress on the hell. Hell no. no. <laughs> I totally agree with that because sometimes... We don't even realize that we have that self-hate, like you say. We don't love ourselves. It's really mm -hmm. difficult. Sometimes cultural yeah. beliefs come in and religious beliefs come in and all of that kind of stuff. But when you do ask yourself that, I mean, there's a lot of things. It's like I asked a similar question with a job. Do I want to continue being in this job? And the answer was hell no. The thing is toxicity in anything, you know, and I'm glad you brought up the job because a relationship is also the job. You have a relationship with the job. You have a relationship with your boss, the other employee staff members, with the work you have to do. It's all relationship, okay? It's not you by yourself, like, oh, we're entrepreneurs, we are running our own business, so we, we're in a relationship with ourselves. And even that, mm -hmm. we have to look at. Do you like yourself? Do you like the situation with yourself? Even with your own self as an entrepreneur, you have to question. But when it is with another human being or other human beings, it could be a job, it could be a family, it could be a spouse, it could be your children, it could be a friend, it could be a neighbor. It doesn't matter. Once it's toxic, you have to ask yourself that question. And even if it's work, you say, am I sleeping? Do I want to stay in this for another X amount of years? I've been here for five. I was hoping this would have been my dream job. Do I want to stay in this for another? Could I last? Because that's the other thing, you know, I got this vision that I would not have survived. 27 years, when I did the math, I was like, <laughs> I would have been dead. dead or mentally dead in the sense of probably in some mental home, on psychiatric drugs, something. It, it just wasn't looking good, Sonia. No matter what, it wasn't looking good. And it could be a job. 
as I said, it could be anything. It just wasn't looking good. And no matter how I twisted it or try to make it work, because you do try to make it work in the first 27, yes. you know, which is what made you stay or made me stay for 27. You've been through these little things. And then you said, no, the kids and they're just such a, at an age. And, but there comes a point, the straw that break the camel back. I don't know who came up with that, but really the straw that break the camel back. And it's just time to ditch. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes when you get to that point where you have to go, you don't care about material things anymore. You just say, okay, as long as I have enough to get out of here and save myself from insanity, then you go. Because I started practicing gratitude. Is that how you got it? To practice gratitude and then it was able to move you on? Some people use that and some don't. Well, I started to prepare. It's amazing because I believe in God. And God started to show things to me. I started to increase my spiritual relationship. I, I, it might sound like I'm a superwoman. And yes, I am. Because if it wasn't for him, I would not have been able to leave that or listen to him talking to me and guiding me and showing me little little snippets of the movie, you know, that, that really helped me to be like, hey, something isn't right here. Uh, no. Uh, and he helped me to plan my exit strategy. Yes, there were sacrifices and there are sacrifices. When I look back, you can have regrets. You can say, I could have done this differently. And you could do a lot of things differently. Everybody, if you look back at anything, you could do a lot of things differently, but it is what yes. it is. And you, and you just can't change the past. have to let go of that. No, no, no. And that's why I said to you when you asked me if I'm in Trinidad, no. I only know about no. Tomorrow, I don't know where I would be. You yeah. see what I'm saying? I can only speak about no. I don't know about yesterday. And I don't know about tomorrow. Yeah. Beautiful to live in the moment. I've been studying on how oh, yeah. for preservation, we think about the past and we think about the future. And it's very hard to think about the present, but the present is fine. We're safe in the present. That's I think right. we scare ourselves into feeling like we're not right safe. Right now. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right now, it, I'm interviewing mm -hmm. you and everything's um, wonderful. How would you... We talked about relationships with work and with a partner. Do you find it's any different with the family? Do you or your children? How would you deal with them? Is it any different for you? No, they are people. No, no, they have two legs, two arms, two eyes, two ears. The dynamics is the same. No, their toxicity is the same. I, 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 I don't feel good. You look like a human being. Um, you're treating me badly. I don't like how I feel in this interaction. So hello, the, the decision is the same. I X you out of my life because as I said before, it's about me. Before when I wasn't self-hate, didn't love myself enough, no self-worth, I would have accommodated that. I would have sacrificed myself for your happiness. I would have sucked it up. I would have made an excuse. I would have said it's my fault. Those are the symptoms and signs that you're in a toxic relationship and what you're doing to yourself. So I would have done all of that. But no, I don't make any excuses. I see it for what it is. You're a human. This doesn't feel good to me. I am not tolerating that anymore. You need to go. Or let's look at it the other way. I need to go away from you. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you do have to step away. <laughs> yes, they don't have to go anywhere. <laughs> Okay, you leave yes. <laughs> because you could tell them to leave and they won't. 
but nobody could tell you you can't leave you have the power to pick up yourself and leave you can say no you don't you move and you just take up your stuff and leave that's all <laughs> i love it can you give us like a history of your journey because you've done so many wonderful things you've done public relations you've done journalism you've done podcasting how did this start after the relationship or did it start during the relationship because you have a great history. Well, I am currently I'm in public relations because the journalism led into that. So I'm still doing all of that. That journalistic training and experience and exposure is still there as someone who is in public relations, okay? The podcasting still going on. I'm still a podcaster or a radio host, online radio host as people will call it. But all of this started before during the relationship as a matter of fact. When I was in the relationship, I built this I started my online business around 2010, and this was something I always wanted to do. I said, I am a very free-spirited person. I like having my own time, my own flexibility. I want to wake up when I want, go to bed when I want, eat when I want, do whatever when I want. I like the idea of consultancy, which allows you to have your objectives. And you decide the time when you do it, just make sure that you meet the timelines that your client gives you. That's my life. I wanted to, the internet was relatively new at the time. And I was like, yay, this is something I always wanted to do. Travel, once I have my device, whether it's my laptop, whatever, and I have internet access, I'm in business. I don't need brick and mortar. And I had that vision many, many years ago, about 20 something years ago of just borderless business. So what is happening now with COVID and the, pand the pandemic? People are now waking up to that. I saw that well over 20 something years ago when I was trying to encourage persons to, to switch to that mode. They were just resistant. Just as how they're resistant in the pandemic. Oh my God, it was a hundred times worse back then when I was preparing people, introducing them to virtual events, what we're doing now, tele-seminars, tele-summits, all sorts of things. They just were not with it. But there were a group of people uh, in the U.S., I joined that association, the International Virtual Assistance Association. They're still around, and I got actively involved. And as a result of being involved and surrounding myself, which is one of the, the tips, surround yourself with persons of like mind, not people who will, as I will say, kiss butt. I don't want to use the other word on your show, but people who are moving in a particular direction that you can align yourself with you can leverage, they can leverage you and you push together, you know, that, that you can learn from, that you can increase your energy or wavelength, you know, you, you can increase that. So I, I stuck around them for many years. I got very, very involved in the organization, got acknowledged, everything. I even spoke at the international summits and everything for a couple of years well. And that really launched me into where I am now, getting exposed to virtual approaches, technology, dealing with clients, customers, having a global business. That was my thing. And as I, I want to come back to the point of God intervening because of that, that is how I'm surviving. If it wasn't for that and setting that up in place, I would have been completely dependent on my spouse at the time. If I didn't have that one little flicker, just a flicker in me, to say, this is for me, I'm doing this, I enjoy this, I live, I want to do something for myself. If I didn't have that, Sonia, I would have been dead in the water. I mean, I probably might have been floating. 
I would not have been in a position to be able to do things. Because even though I was not totally independent, I wasn't totally dependent. And I was still able to contribute to the home, pay bills, help my children in school, university, travel. I was still able to do all of that. And to me, even though I was put down for doing nothing, contributing nothing, I know to myself that I made a contribution. And that's another thing that people in toxic relationships do, put you down and bring your value. But what they're really doing is trying to bring your value down to theirs. They're trying to bring your value down to theirs. They want you on the same level. And you have to be able to recognize that. It doesn't matter, even if you don't have an online business like I did, you're cooking, cleaning, washing, and ironing in the house and taking care of the kids. Let me tell your listeners something. That is value. Because if you were to pay someone to take care of the kids, to cook, to clean, to wash, to iron, to deal with the, with the school, the PTA, the homework, the projects. And let's not talk about the after, after hours activities, okay? If you add in all of that, that is a lot of money that you're saving the man. In our case, well, we're women, the man. I'm sure it happens in, in reverse where the man is going through a toxic relationship with, with a woman, but I could only speak from my perspective. So it is value. So don't make anybody demean or condescend your value or belittle you because, oh, you're just a housewife. Nobody is just a housewife. Nobody. Okay. It's a lot of work to be a housewife. Hello, please. I don't want to do it, Sonia. I don't want to do it. I did it for a long time. I don't want to do it. I have total respect. And I say, listen, I would pay anybody. Yeah, I would pay anybody to do it. I have total respect for it. No, 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 not me. Yeah, because it's very hard work. I wanted to ask you about putting oneself first and letting go of this toxicity in our lives. We talked about people. What about employment that doesn't have to deal with people? Sometimes you go into a career that actually ends up being toxic to you. Have you been through something like that? Oh, honey. Uh, you don't get, you don't get to 51, 52, even though I look like 25 you, without having those type of experience. You look fabulous. Thank you, sweetie. Black don't crack. Black don't crack. Okay. Oh, yeah. Sonia, let me tell you. I have been through toxicity of all kinds. I have been in jobs where you innocently, you come into work every day, come in to do what you're supposed to do. And I remember one job I had. And it's not just one, but I'm saying about this one. As I walked in to the office, I was attacked. I don't know if accosted and attacked is the same level, but I prefer to use the word attack so people could have the imagery of what I'm saying. I was attacked upon entering the office. I didn't even get a chance to say good morning, Sonia. And let me tell you, the attack was public, public. It wasn't like person took me into a room or anything. And I wasn't even working for that individual. But that individual felt, how shall I say, a power upon himself that he felt the need to attack me. The office went, you could hear a nail drop. You could even hear somebody slice butter. That's to tell you how quiet it went. When that man just attacked me, I stood up there and I was in shock. Could you imagine you getting up out of your bed, 
preparing the kids to go to school, you're going to work, earn a little day's living, you walk in, fresh morning, and boom, somebody just attacks you upon entering an office. That is enough to dishevel you for the rest of your day and the rest of your life. Another experience I've had in another job, it was an attack on me, but I realized that the individual, this time it was a woman, was attacking other people before I came into the job and she attacked people after she got me out of that job. She did everything possible to get me out. She set up other people to say I sexually harassed five people, about three or five, I lost count. And, and it includes both male and female, okay? So clearly I'm working both sides. I'm attacking me <laughs> sexually assault. So what do you call it? Sexually harassed. I am You're not that good. On either I am one. You so just want good, Sonia. <laughs> not at all. I I discriminated. <laughs> I am discriminating at all. So so I'm sexually harassing both men and women of all different ages. Okay, uh, ranging well from the, the persons I suspect they're like in their twenties. Young people, okay? Mm-hmm. Then I stole a document. I stole a document in a place that I have no access to. So I don't know how I got inside that particular place if I have no access. A whole plethora of things was just thrown, documented to claim that I did. But here's the thing. When toxicity and, they are, and you're around a toxic environment, these people cannot work alone. They need a network. You know, when I look back on it, I feel so sorry and sad for all of them. The two that I mentioned. Well, the, the first one with the man, this is why I will say publicly on your show, you must be careful when you interfere with God's children. The man who attacked me upon arriving at the office, he was brutally murdered. And I didn't know I walked into the office that morning, whenever that was after the situation, and there was a buzz in the office. And I was like, what's going on? And I was like, you didn't hear? You didn't hear so-and-so was brutal? I'm like, really? I was mum, brutally murdered, stabbed multiple times beyond in his home. He must have talked to somebody in a bad I didn't care, sweetie. Karma is a B-I-T-C-H. Anybody who thinks that they can do somebody something and get away with it. You see, in their minds, Sonia, they feel a power to themselves that, oh, I got away with it. I'm doing her this. I'm doing him that. That is temporary, but you don't know what's coming. Mm-mm. You don't know what's coming. In that moment, you can have your little joy or feel, but let me tell you, while you are doing that, the universe is preparing to bitch slap you. I'm telling you. And it doesn't only bitch slap you. So when you're planning for somebody else, just remember, it's all your generations. What you're doing is having an impact on generations. That is just something to keep in mind. There's a, a belief in mindfulness and new age that you create a karma that continues on for generations. Because that karma has to be paid back. Somehow mm-hmm. it's going to come back. So best to not do create bad karma. In of life. course. Oh, yeah. And you know, a lot of generations after your children's children, children, they don't know what you did in the past. And they're wondering, how come I'm going through this? What is happening? Why I can't? It's the sins of the past that keep coming through. And they just don't know. Yeah. They just don't know. So when you're doing things, it's not just for you. You might... 
enjoy a little time here on earth and feel, oh yeah, I cross over. We don't know where you cross to, but you have left something behind to be tacked on to your children's children. Sad. Yeah, it is sad. We think that many people believe that this is it, but I really believe our soul is here to learn. It's not one lifetime. It's not going to learn everything in one lifetime. It's going to have to learn. And some of us feel like we lived a lot of lifetimes. We have multiple lifetimes. Yes. You talked about vulnerability and the naked body and how vulnerable it is about being naked Mm -hmm. and having that be the biggest vulnerability. That's right. So can you explain it to our audience how? Uh, When we were talking about that, we were talking about relationships as well. I was saying that we as women, because I could only make that reference there, mm-hmm. tend to put our bodies first physically, right? Uh, naked before a man, give it up, as opposed to protecting that one thing, that prized possession, that vehicle, that temple that God gave us. This is our most vulnerable, our bodies. For me to strip naked here to you, makes me vulnerable okay if i were to take my clothes off you're going to see all my imperfections what what people will call imperfections but they are mine but you will see everything about me because this is the most vulnerable when two people are making love or having sex being intimate you are actually exposing your soul your being your everything to that person you're giving over you're being totally totally vulnerable and naked And this is why some people, after being intimate, if they don't hear from the guy or whatever, they feel, oh my God, I just gave myself to you. And you don't even have the audacity to say, hey, or whatever. You know, women seem to be more attached to that than a man. You feel you you give him something of prized possession to you. And he clearly has no respect for it. But then it's really you. It's not the man you need to blame. You have no respect for you. Because you decide, you allowed to give your body to him first and be naked than to say, hold up, I prefer to talk with you. You need to earn this whole of me, all of me, before you could get to see this. You have to earn this. But instead, we do it the other way around. We give him this first body, the vulnerability, and then want to be, have regrets later. Now, I'm not saying this as if it never happened to me. It happened to all of us. I'm not here to judge anybody. I'm just here to say, because of the experience, I'm here to share and to let the woman in particular know, stop giving it up and set boundaries and allow the vulnerability to have what I like to call a red velvet rope. You know, when you go in into a club or any function with red carpet or whatever, they have a red velvet rope Yes, and they have the bouncers and you cannot cross the red velvet rope. You have to wait. It's a boundary. So you must be like the red velvet rope. Set a boundary and say, hello, please, you cannot pass here. So instead of being naked and vulnerable to a man or to anybody, it doesn't have to be a man. It could be a woman. It could be a peer. It doesn't matter. We're talking relationships. Stop. Know where that nakedness is for you. Know where that vulnerability is for you. And that vulnerability may be, especially in this circumstance with the pandemic, going out with somebody you may say okay let's do a virtual date that's the in thing now which is what like what we are doing now jump on zoom or jump on skype or whatever you're using and get to feel out the person before you even meet them because meeting face to face is vulnerable as well it means me having to dress up for those who like makeup 
putting on makeup, getting your hair done, your nails done, whatever you need to do, probably buying a new dress, investing to cover the body, to impress this guy. And you're like, at the end of the day, or even before the end of the date, you want to burn the damn dress. <laughs> you know? You're like, you wasted my damn time. <laughs> I think it comes down to value. Because if you value yourself, you're not going to do that. But we all have to learn about our value. And I think if we just learning that's what our right. value is, and that's a hard thing to do because you think you have to be a people pleaser. And the value has no figure. Yes. That's right. And the value doesn't have a figure, you know, because when somebody you say we have to know value, they might think, okay, am I $1? Am I $100? Am I $10,000? No. You have no, you have no price tag or else you would be on a grocery shelf mm -hmm. or a supermarket shelf, Walmart or one of those. You're not on a shelf. You are priceless. You are a gift. I am the prize, not the man. And I'm making it public. The man is not the prize. And if he cannot see that, he needs to keep walking. Yeah. <laughs> Simple as that. I am the prize. In any relationship, if you make the person the prize, that means you're not valuing yourself because you're finding your value and making them a prize that's right because and the reason that will be will happen sonia is because you're not whole because you want this person to complete you so you start to pour into them you start to self-sacrifice you start to please the codependency come in for them to complete you and so that's why you do the things and we, and all of those are symptomatic of self-hate, of not loving yourself, of lack of self-worth. I, at this point, I don't use, you know, at one point, let me tell you a couple of other things. Okay. At one point, Sonia, I used to use my other half. You see those words? Your other half, my significant other, my better half. You see those phrases? Stop it. Cut it out of your vocabulary right now. I'm telling you. Those are limiting beliefs that have been programmed and taught to us about incompleteness about not being whole. What makes you my other half? What makes you my better half? Since when am I a half? <laughs> what makes you my significant other? Does that mean I'm insignificant? No. <laughs> no. When I realized that, and I came to consciousness and an awareness, Sonia, I cut that out of my vocabulary. And let me tell you, I do online dating now because I'm single. And somebody listening to me might say, well, hell yeah. That's why you're still single because you're not thinking right. No, I prefer to <laughs> I prefer to be single until God sends me the right man. No, because now I have awakened. When I go online, because I date online, and I see somebody in their profile, a guy says he's looking for his other half. I delete him immediately. All those terms, I block them. From the time I read in their profile, I'm looking for my other half, my better half, my significant other man. Anything that say half, I just remove the post because it tells me where their mind is. You're not in the space to connect with this whole thing. I want a whole person. I don't want a half because that will say to me, he is going to come now looking for me to complete him. I don't have space for that. No, I don't want nobody suck it out of me like an energy vampire. And I have met guys like that where one guy said to me, Corinne, you need to relax. You need to change and you need to this and that. And I asked him why. And he said, so he could be happy. I said, okay, thanks. And I block him immediately. So he could be happy. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you are, but he is. 
No, so he could be happy and comfortable. He could be comfortable was his word. I said, thank you so much. And I just blocked him. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I wanted to hear. For you to be comfortable, I must be uncomfortable, change myself. You know, like in X-Men, I, I, I must morph and, and shape shift into something else in order for you to feel comfortable. So that is saying to me, we're going through the relationship, Sonia, and if you're not feeling happy this time, I must do something for you to feel happy. And then another day, something comes up, and then I must do something. No, I can't do the up and down wave thing. Yes. I can't do it. I don't want to do it. It's not that I can't, you know. I choose not to do it. I, <laughs> I think nowadays, I, men want to be needed, but I want to be wanted. It would be a beautiful thing for me to want you. I want you to be whole. Yeah. I don't want you to be incomplete. I would like you to be whole on your own. How mm -hmm. how beautiful it yeah. is to be wanted instead of needed. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. And how do you pick up the neediness when they tell you things like that? When you find that they, like, they can't do anything without you and you find yourself slipping. Sometimes it's not even a slow slip. It's like a precipice. Whoop, you're, you're right over the cliff into leading a relationship that the man's supposed to lead. And you're like, how did I get here? Sometimes the thing happens so fast. You're over the cliff and falling without a net. And you're like, no, no parachute, no nothing. And you're like, how did I get here? And you're just scrambling in the air like if you're a bird trying to flap your wings to get back up. No, you have to see these things. <laughs> yes you have to see these things feel it and you see your physical eyes let me tell you something i want to come back to my relationship and the work i had to do your physical eyes those two little things in your head is not enough because what you see physically may want to convince you in collaboration with your mind to accept that but you have to go and develop a relationship with a higher being. I don't care what you call him, her, that, or it. To me, it's God. And with all that level of discernment and empowerment and spirituality, you're not able to use your spiritual eyes to see what is there, to move. You know when you watch those movies where they have the mist and the clouds and suddenly you just, you just see one minute you can't see nothing and all of a sudden whoosh everything just becomes clear consider your eyes your physical eyes as the clouds you can't see nothing consider your spiritual eyes as that whooshing sound where everything suddenly you start to see the forest the sea the birds you're like whoa you were there all along yes it was but you just were using your physical eyes you have to really or else the human being is going to convince you and with your mind, with the programming you have had from before birth to know they work together and they're going to say, Sonia, what you doing? Of course, this is normal. Everybody else does this. What are you complaining about? You are so, listen, you see that man you have? You know, everybody wants that man. You are so lucky to have that man. Girl, don't do anything to lose that man. You're in a prime spot, not knowing that you're dying. It will work together to convince you otherwise. Yeah. Your spiritual eyes and that connection with God will say to that one, shut up. You clearly have lost your damn mind. <laughs> this is what it is. We're not pretending. There's no emotion. I am just doing the whoosh thing like in the movies. And here it is. You see the forest over there? 
you see the you see the sunlight you see the this that's all for you yeah yes it clears everything up because it's not masking anything it's not making any excuses it's just showing you clearly this is what it is but you have to be prepared for that you have to be in a space and a place to be able to do that. And let me tell you, I'm sounding like the strongest woman on this planet. Wonder Woman is the person that I always look to. I, I love Wonder Woman from a child. And I sung in more than Wonder Woman, you know, but it becomes, it comes with that discernment, listening to your intuition, developing such a strong relationship. And it's not that I don't fall sometimes, Sonia. I do still make mistakes and I do still have regrets. And regrets come from Hearing your intuition, it telling you that you're doing the wrong thing and you do it anyway. That is where regrets come in because you know what you say when you have regrets? I knew it. I knew it. You know, I felt it. I saw it. You know, my mind tell me. Yes. <laughs> That's regret. That's you saying to yourself, intuition told me and I went against my intuition. Not following your intuition. And your intuition is a thousand percent correct. correct. Follow it. I had someone paraphrase Wayne Dyer. And I actually like the way they paraphrased it better than the actual quote. And it was, prayer is when we talk to God. Meditation is when we listen to God. Because we do have to quiet that mind to hear the whisper of our soul speaking to us. Yes, but hear what, Sonia? People don't want to hear the voices. No. They run. Because when the voices wake up and come at you, you have to deal with it. People don't want to hear the voices. When I tell people, I don't have a TV, I don't have a, I don't watch TV. They're like, oh, how do you live in the world? Don't you want to know what's going on? Why do I need to know what's going on? If there is something happening, I would obviously know. And could I, even if a storm is coming here right now, Sonia, let's just pretend. Could I stop the storm? No. The most I could do is probably get some food or, or something. And even if I have food, it may not even have electricity or gas to cook the food. <laughs> I may have to eat bread every day. I don't know. So all the hustle and bustle may mean nothing. <laughs> Just relax. Whatever you need to know is going to come to you. But you have to be in a space and a place to be able to allow it to come to you. And for you to be able to allow the message to sink in with you. This is why there are so many people walking around like, like chicken without head. They're lost, Sonia. I see it. They're lost. And I like using platforms like these to be able to help me to reach persons. Because I can't go out there with a bulldozer or a hammer and try and knock it in their head. It's too harsh. Though that might be faster, but it's too harsh. And persons just... You need to be patient with them. They're not there yet, you see? And in relationships, it's the same thing. You have to recognize this guy, this woman is not there yet. I have said it with many of the guys who approach me on dating site. I've even said it to them when we're having the conversation. I start to feel my intuition talking to me. I would say to the guy, I say, you're not there yet. He may not understand what I mean. And I just say, all the best to you. I hope you find the person that you're looking for. And some of them, I remember one in particular wanted me to tell him, and this is another clue for persons. And I would warn women about this. A guy asked me, he said, Corinne, tell me where I went wrong. Tell me where I went wrong, what I did. Now, normal human reaction would be to tell him 
where I went wrong, because we have been programmed. Let's look at our job situation. We do evaluations. Your boss will sit with you and say, you know, you're not doing so and so, whatever. People automatically put unsolicited advice and feedback when you never ask them anything. So people just feel inclined that they need to tell you where you're going wrong. I sat down and I thought about it in the moment. This wasn't a phone conversation, so I didn't really have much time to say, ponder on it and think and come back to him the next day. In that spiritual discernment, I told him no. He said what? I said, no, I am not going to tell you where you feel you're going wrong. And let me tell you why. Because what the person that he is is who he is. And I turned it around on me. I wouldn't want somebody to come and tell me, just like what we were saying before, what I need to do to change. This is me. This is the package, okay? This is me being authentic. That is him being in, in his mind authentic self. Who am I to come and tell him what he needs to change just because of our interaction and I made a decision I don't want to go further? And another part is, if I tell him, he's certainly going to do the X-Men approach and shape shift. And, and morph into what he thinks I want in order to convince me to be with him. And I don't want that because I have already made up my mind based on what I have seen and experienced. I don't want it. So even if you shape shift or morph, it don't matter to me because that will be temporary. And this is what happens in relationships. We tell the people, whether it's a man or the woman, you need to this, you need to that. I don't like this. As opposed to just accepting the person. No. He may be good for somebody else. He may be good for you, Sonia, because you like whatever. Or he may be good for Sharon, but he's just not the fit for me. And if we put it in terms of a job, everybody applies for a job. We all get interviewed and they're looking for the fit. It doesn't mean, even though we walk away with rejection, the ones who were not selected, and we feel, what did we do wrong? Why weren't we selected? It's not a matter of something is wrong with you you were just not the right fit for the job. And most of the times when you look back, you're like, thank God I got away from something by not being selected for that job. <laughs> At the moment, you're, you're not thinking that because you're in desperation, you need the money, whatever it is. But I know you're going to come back and tell me. You are thanking God that you did not get that job. You felt at the time you were desperate for same thing with the relationship. You are thankful that he did not select you or you did not select that man. Because when you look at later down, you know, you might see him with somebody and you're like, it looks happy. They look happy. But or let's not focus on them. The person that is meant for you is actually in your life. And you created that space to allow the right person to come to you as opposed to just accepting the first thing that comes to you just because you're needy, you're desperate, you're whatever. No, something isn't a right fit, let it go. Don't make excuses, see it for what it is and not what you want it to be. And we have a way of fantasizing, you know? Oh my gosh, she's so fine and I can see the picket fence and, and the kids running around and the vacations that we will take. And, uh, Oh, my friend Sonia is just going to be so jealous of us. I mean, I, no, <laughs> see it for what it is. This man doesn't speak to me properly. When I show him something, he's not involved. See it for what it is and stop making the damn excuses. Stop it. And don't say anything to him. Say, honey, I think you're a good guy. 
but you're just not the right fit for me. You will be, I'm sure, a right fit for somebody else, but just not for me. Don't tell them. I mean, this is my opinion. This is how I feel and I feel strongly about it. Others listening may not agree. If you feel to tell the man and he shapeshift, he would always be shapeshifting and morphing for every woman that he come upon. And eventually he loses himself. He don't know who he is. Or he may shapeshift, convince you, or you fall for the trap. You end up in a trap for the rest of your life and wonder how the hell you get here, falling off the cliff without a net, no wings to flap. So you decide. I've seen that with um, marriages where people date for a long time. They're wonderful. As soon as they get married, they change. Now you're a possession. You could be the woman's possession or the man's possession, but it changes. Nobody's not changed. Sonia, let's be honest. They don't change people. No, we must stop saying that as a programming. They have always been that way. What has happened is that we made excuses for what we see. I don't think they saw the and clues. And then when you get married, <laughs> no, they did. You think they, they did? did? They did not want to acknowledge it. Oh, I, I see what you're saying. Clue. Acknowledge, yeah. No, you see it. You're not acknowledging it. You're making an excuse because, hey, I'm with this man. Everybody wants this man. In other words, like, what could you do? What's your purpose? I'm like, I'm, I'm good. If you feel my value is in cooking and I say I can't cook, keep moving. It's no problem. Yeah. And I think with all of this, it really comes down to having self-value. That is what it is. Yeah. But let me tell you a little warning here. Be prepared. You see, once you have self-worth and self-value, you'll be alone for a long time. I am proof you will be alone for a while because when you have self-worth and self-value, Sonia, you, you see the red velvet rope, it's tight, okay? It's not slack, it's not loose, it's tight. You have your bouncers also at the red velvet rope. And so nobody could pass through there. And you see, once you have your boundaries, a lot of the men, especially in these times, don't want to hear about boundaries. They want to be able to come in, bust through the red velvet rope, knock down the box and get to what they want, to do you what you want. Now, I'm not saying all the men are like that, but there are people like that if you allow them. You have to be able to say, no, yes, whatever it is. But if you decide to have self-worth and self-value, be prepared to be alone for a while. If you cannot deal with that mentally, because it is a mental trip to be alone for a while, but it is the best mental trip. You know why? Because there is a peace unbeknown, let me tell you, beyond singlehood, single dumb, single, whatever people want to call it. Date yourself, book a dinner table for yourself, drive out for yourself, take yourself to the movies. Why you can't? Why? Why do you need somebody on your arm? When you come of your own and you get to know yourself, now you're able to say any man coming to you, and he says he wants to take you out. You have a standard, the red velvet rope. The man must understand your value. He must know the woman that he's taking out, how to treat her. Because if you are going out on a date for yourself, with yourself, you are going to make sure you pick up the menu and you buy what you want. You're not going to skimp on anything. You're like, bring me that, bring me. <laughs> you buy what you want, it's your money. So why when a man who you're bringing into your life, assumedly to, to take care of you, love you, that you suddenly making him buy you, what, Subway or, or, or something else? I don't know what, what, what other places are. You, you're making him buy you those things? Come on. 
you, you, you're dumbing down yourself in front of the man, but when you are alone and you're taking yourself out, you're making sure you get the best of the best. Why he cannot understand? I, I really don't get it. So be prepared to be alone, but use the time of being alone, not lonely. It's two different things. Yes. Use the time of being alone to work on you. Be good with you. Be whole with you. Be able to discern, develop the spiritual eyes, the intuition, the relationship with the intuition. Use that time. Meditate. Hear the voices. Be okay with the voices. You wouldn't have that left-right thing going on, quarreling with each other. You would know the right voice to listen to. You would know the feeling to listen to. So be good with you so that when you do bounce up or meet somebody, it's easy sailing. People say to me, relationships is work. Relationship is not work. I don't want to have a job and then come home to another job. You don't want to. Going back to one of the things you mentioned that I really think is important about being alone when you choose to do that, you have to learn to like your own company. I had a lot of people during this pandemic come up to me. It's like, wow, you're in a good mood. And I was like, yeah, they go, but we're in a pandemic. I go, I like my own company. I'm okay. And I think that's what it comes down to. You have to like your own company. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, and that is all part of loving you. Use the time to do a lot of self-care. Your skin care, your massage, your spa, buy up your essential oils, light your candles. Why do you need to go to a spa to experience that? Why do you need to pay the money outside to do that? Why do you need to go in a restaurant to have a a candlelit dinner. You can do that at your own place by yourself. Yes. Quarantine dinner with yourself, loving me. Yes, and use your <laughs> fine china. Because who else, when are you going to use it if you don't use it for yourself? Dust it off and bring it out. All those things you're putting up for when Sonia comes over to visit. <laughs> to have with Sonia. Wash up that dishes and bring it out. <laughs> I'm bringing it out now. <laughs> I know, right? You know, I have some fine china and I never use it. I'm like, why am I not using it? It's fine china. It's gathering dust. <laughs> I would only bring it out for Christmas, but it's not Christmas plates. It's, it's nice plates. You waited on Sonia to, to bring the fine china. Hell, hello. Every day it's Christmas, Sonia. Every day it's Christmas. Okay. Every day. It's not once a year. In my world, and I'm not saying Trinidad and I'm not saying in the earth. It is Christmas every day, and I am treating myself to whatever I want at any time I want. And anybody, because I went through this in my relationship, things that I wanted, my spouse told me I couldn't have. The littlest thing is drinking wine. I'm not an alcoholic. Yeah, I love having a glass of wine with a meal. But I dinner. couldn't have wine. I couldn't do this. Like, I'm like, what the hell? No, I'm drinking. It, it like makes you feel special to have a glass. I think I'm going to take your advice. I'm going to light a candle with my meal today. <laughs> but you're special. Light a candle. Light a candle. Put on some looter. Put on some looter vandross, baby. Look through your, your cupboard and put on something sexy and slinky. And you just sort yourself out, sweetie. Don't wait. Don't wait. Because you have value and you have value in the things that you actually worked hard for. And so you should enjoy them. And it shouldn't just be when people come over because that's right. Waking up every day is a special that's occasion. Right. Of course it is. It is worth celebrating. It is worth celebrating. Do your nails. Yeah. Don't wait for somebody to give you permission to do you. This is my body. I could carry it where I want. I could do what I want. I could wear what I want. Once I am not impacting somebody else. 
And I, I can't see how I could be impacting you since what you do is not impacting me. I, I don't understand. You are you are taking on what I'm doing and making it impact you, but I'm going about my business. You see? So do you. Yes. Do you. And feel good about it. Exactly. Hey. So Kareem, <laughs> what would you like to say as a closing <laughs> argument? Because you have been lovely and you gave me a lot of things to think about. And I hope the audience will really grasp because you have like, this is it. I accept myself. And as long as you're kind, like you said, to someone else, why can't you be yourself? Mm-hmm. You're not impacting yeah. anybody. It's only when people have control or want yeah, to have control. Why can't you be kind? So in closing, what would you like to say? When you ask about a closing statement, just love yourself. Work on loving you. If you have recognized and you have reached to this point in, in the podcast and you listen and you realize, hold on, that's happening to me. What Corinne and Sonia are sharing, I am going through that or I've been through that and I'm seeing a pattern. Let me sit down and look back and take some time away from everything and just reflect. If you realize this is happening, stop. Walk away from everything, and there's nothing wrong with walking away. And when I say walk away, I'm not saying leave your job, but if you need to do that, do that for your own sanity and preservation. Start putting something in place in terms of having money to sustain you. Be able and willing to live a less glamorous life temporarily. It's not going to be forever. It's temporary. And recognize the signs. Stop making excuses and start spending more time with you. Cut off all medium. Try it with your phone. I know it's hard. Forget the phone for now. That might be a bit much for you to handle. Turn off the TV for a day. I'm sure you could manage that. And from there, you kind of wean yourself like a baby off of certain things. And then eventually, you might be able to wean off people because people might be the hardest thing for you to win because you identify yourself with people. There comes a point, like for me, I don't attach myself to things. I used to be very attached And I can still be, but what I do is red velvet rope and the bouncers are what I use to help me to put boundaries and say, no, I'm not going beyond this point with you, with them, with that, with this. So recognize if you recognize what we're saying is happening in your life or you're feeling uncomfortable in any way, you're not having that joy. There's a little flick of something that wants a little fire in you and you know it there's a little fire in you that wants to burn and you're just feeling like it's been out and you have to struggle to keep it lighted you're scratching a match every day and, and it's just no if you're feeling that get out get out separate let go walk away run you will survive let me tell you god doesn't want anything bad for his children you know he wants the best only the best And when he sees you, he waits for us to make a move. The reason why a lot of us are in situations that we're in is because we haven't let go. As soon as you let go, I have proven this time and time again, Sonia. As soon as you let go of something, boom, there it is. You're like, whoa, it was waiting, just waiting for you to let go. Something better, something bigger. Just let go, let go. You see the falling off of that cliff? You're going to be landing on wings, sweetie. You don't even have to have wings. And that is so beautifully said in solid advice. So I want to really thank you for being on the podcast. <laughs> thank you. Thank yeah. you. Can't wait to put this up and have everyone hear your, your, <laughs> your intelligent words and your soulful words. 
Thank you. Listen to Corinne Lafont's podcast called Between the Lines on most podcast platforms. Thank you for listening to the Poetic Resurrection podcast. Available on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Music, and many other podcast platforms. Please visit us and subscribe to our newsletter at PoeticResurrection.com for the latest information and updates. 